0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I'm so pumped to be here right now, I can't even tell you. Oh my God. It's been it's been a minute since I've checked in with everybody here, and there's so much to talk about. Between UFC 270 this weekend, popping off 2022, uh, Jake Paul, <laughs> who would have thought our white knight would come in the form of a YouTuber? Not a former champion, not... Uh, ESPN, a voiceover at ESPN, but Jake Paul, uh, we got a lot to get through today, Conor McGregor uh, we're going to be discussing as well, Francis, very unhappy Francis, and how the UFC used that to promote UFC 270 in a sick sort of way, uh, the UFC is the mafia, that is today's discussion, on today's show, but before we jump into anything, welcome back, if it's your first time tuning in, make sure to give us a follow here on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, FM, wherever you guys are tuning in here, YouTube, YouTube.com slash PureEvilMMA, and also on our Twitter accounts at Evil-Echo, that's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-L, that's my personal account, or you can follow us at MMA. Underscore and I want to give everybody a huge shout out and a thank you because I looked us up, uh, and we're in the top 5% and I haven't done the show in a minute. So I'm really trying to make 2022 our year guys. So I need your help to make that happen. So let's jump into today's crazy news that we got for UFC 270. Alright, so UFC 270, obviously going to be the first thing that we're going to talk about today. And I have to tell you guys, I was so pumped up. You felt it from the very first fight. There's so much to go through here. Uh, Our girl Vanessa Demopoulos, we've had her on Pure Evil MMA before. And you may not remember the fight, but you might remember her jumping into Joe Rogan's arms. From that moment on, I knew that the the night was going to be absolutely insane. So many finishes, but I really want to talk about... I mean, the main card here. I mean, let's start from the very top with Francis Ngannou versus uh, Cyril Gain. It was difficult coming into it because as he was walking out, you saw he had his legs all braced up, making us wonder... You know, is there something wrong with Francis here? Are we Are going to see a different kind of Francis? And we did. We saw a wrestling Francis Danganu. And I have to say, I wasn't really impressed with his performance. If this is the Francis Danganu who wants to go box and Fury, I do not want to see it. I tweeted it out earlier. That is not the way I want to see Francis go. And it's really sad because the way the UFC has handled so many of their champions in the past. Let me bring you guys up here um, on the page that I'm looking at. It's just disgusting. You know, there, there's former champions that couldn't even hold the job over at UFC after they were done fighting. After they they got every every drop of blood from them. You know, when I look at Francis, and you got to think, wow, what humble beginnings this guy really had. You know, they show his mother still living in like a hut. And she doesn't want to change. She's so happy with what she has. She's so proud of her son. Yet her son is overseas, traveling all the time, training for the UFC, thinking, you know, her son's being taken care of. And yet, you know, they did all this work to boost him up. The baddest man on the planet. Remember the Stipe presser. The very first fight with Stipe, even though Francis lost. You know, Dana was out there going, this guy hit harder than a a Mack truck, this and that. How much horsepower was behind his fist. You know, we felt it after that Overeem knockout. That is a knockout that made a lot of us sick to our stomachs. And uh, still can't even believe how Overeem was able to recover after that. But Francis Ngannou ran through everybody. Until he got to the Stipe fight. He gets past Stipe, gets the rematch, knocks Stipe out. You would think the UFC would be behind this guy to build him up. He is the scariest man on the planet without even doing anything. He is the perfect fighter for the UFC where... You look at him and you're scared shitless. You know, you show a couple of replays, that's all you need. And he keeps doing it over and over again. Then you have Gain coming in here. You know, UFC obviously wanted him to win to make Francis kind of step back. They use that to promote the entire card, to make us spend our money to give to the UFC while their fighters who are in the main event at heavyweight which means they're going to be taking brutal damage, not just from this fight, but from all the previous fights and the fights that he has if he signs again. You know, it's it's hard to be a champion. It's hard to be a heavyweight champion. I mean, Stipe Miocic, they say he was the greatest of all time. He only uh, defended the title a handful of times, two, three times. You have Francis Ngannou. You got you to gotta get behind this guy. You can't be breaking him down, making him feel like he's worthless after hyping him up. You don't think he's worth $600,000? Worth You're out of your mind. I mean, that's what they're giving him, and he's not happy with it. Think about how much they made off of that card. Think about how much the UFC was bought for. I thought all of this would end a long time ago when we signed with Fox Sports. Yeah, we were on Fox Sports 1, but guys, now it's the ESPN era. The ESPN era. They got, what, $4 billion. How much money are they making off every pay-per-view, every card? They're making money. The fans are now back, too. So they can't complain that, oh, we're not selling tickets, this and that. You can't say that. You have... (laughs) I understand there's a lot of fighters that you have to pay for, but look out for your champs. There should be some sort of clause where, all right, you're the champion and you want to make over a million dollars. How about you defend the title two times? And then after two times, we'll give you $1.5 million. They can afford it. You know, I understand that they get a lot of slack, and we might be like, oh, $50,000 isn't a lot. Oh, why is he complaining about $600,000? I'm going to tell you why. That's $600,000 to be a UFC heavyweight champion to make sure that you are on point, ready to go, with the best training, the best diet, You're going to have to pay some money for that. They have the UFC Performance Institute, yeah, but think about how much a camp costs. All the guys in your corner for the fight, you're going to have to pay for them, let alone that the UFC, and I spoke to Paul Felder about this years ago, how he had to start a GoFundMe account. Paul Felder had to start a GoFundMe account because the UFC would not fly in his corner. So we had to pay out of pocket. Now, obviously, he had talked with the UFC and deleted the tweet, but your boy over here got the interview with him. You know, and now we're seeing people like, you know, Mark Hunt speaking up for Francis. We had a whole uh, union going. We had former champions in there. Uh, huge names. Huge names. Randy Couture was a part of it. Uh, Shamrock was a part of it. Uh, Angela Magana, or uh, who who was it that trained with uh, the Diaz brothers? I can't even think of her name. She took the fight with... Uh, Cyborg for Cyborg's first fight. Why can't I think of her name? But yeah, we, we had all of them And none of them were able to budge the UFC. A matter of fact uh, They tried suing them, which is what they're doing to their own champion guys They are trying to sue Francis They sent him an email Like a seasoned assist or something. I didn't look too far into it. I know he spoke about it uh, with Ariel I believe why are you doing that to your fighter? You have the fans, us, paying the money to watch the fight, but you're not gonna pay him for the fight. And what are you doing? You're not taking the damage that these guys are taking. This is some straight up mafioso, 1920s, five point fist, New New York gangs in New Yorks type shit, and Dana waits the butcher. You might say, oh, Dana White doesn't have a say. Dana White doesn't have a say. Then why is he running his mouth, running these people, these champions who have worked hard, who have come from nothing, humble beginnings, and making them feel like they are worthless to him? Oh, if if you're going to complain, there's going to be another one that follows you. It's happened before. It will happen again. So if you don't take my hand, then goodbye. And we've, we've seen it, and it's sadly the truth. You know, we were rooting for Bellator to make a rise uh, five, six, seven years ago after the Kimbo Slice uh, thing. They tried to turn things around and 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 make a make a change. Try to make a run in for the UFC to be neck and neck, and uh, you know, with people like Justin Gaethje, uh, people like um, Michael Chandler coming over from those promotions to show us that the best fighters in the world aren't necessarily. Inside the UFC, I had an interview with Justin Gaethje uh, back when he fought for World Series of Fighting before it was PFL, and he said just that. Uh, just be just because the UFC is one of the best promotions, which which are they? Yeah, they are, but they they could do a little more if you ask me. If they treated their fighters right, and Justin Gaethje put it the best way, he said. I'm happy over here with World Series of Fighting Race, F.O. and all of them. They pay me well. That's where I want to be fighting. Sadly, fighting for PFL, yeah, they have the million-dollar check, which I actually got to see them backstage. They're pretty badass. It could change your life. But think about, you know, people don't recognize them on the street. It's not the top. It's like the MOB and then the AAA teams. Yeah, it's it's still... You know, a big promotion, you know, you could could say what you want about one or or the promotions overseas, how many people show up to that. But everyone focuses mainly on the UFC. We want to see the baddest men on the planet make it to the UFC and get paid what they deserve. If we're going to be paying, now it brings up my second point, the pay-per-view price raise it went from uh 74 yeah i think i wrote it down here um ufc pay-per-view price hike from 74.99 uh 74.99 it was 69.99 that's 5 more dollars uh pay-per-view what did what did i say this uh, a pay-per-view espn plus is now 99.98 from 89.98 a whole 10 dollars why are you raising the prices, even though you sold the company for billions, you're, you're over with ESPN, you're getting the, the, the best coverage that you could get. You're raising prices, the fans are returning, you're putting on amazing cards. You don't need Conor McGregor anymore, you don't need Ronda Rousey anymore. Everything is starting to feel like a family. Which is why, you know, MMA was raised online. I don't know how many of you out there have been following for a decade or more, but, you know, the, the underground. We always had to say we, we'd be, we have such a close connection with our fighters. You know, you don't see this in the MLB, the NFL, the NBA, like you do here inside the mixed martial arts scene. We, we talk to fighters. It almost feels like we have a say. You know, they'll, they'll put things out there to see if we're interested in a matchup, and if it gets a lot of feedback, most likely they're gonna book that card they even train their fighters to do that which is absolutely you know genius because you need a, you need a marketing tactic but it feels like such a family but yet why doesn't the UFC make us feel like it's a humble abode? well what's up where's the hospitality after all the years all the money all the blood sweat and tears former champions put in to this company to make sure one day, Hopefully before two thousand twenty-two, they thought. They're heavyweight champions are going in there, taking damage. You know, with all the all the studies with CTE. You're see, you're seeing. You look at Muhammad Ali and how he passed away. You know, you're going to send Francis back to his mother and her humble beginning hut, where he's going to have to start budgeting his money. You know, six hundred thousand dollars isn't a lot, guys. You know, you can get a settlement. Think about this. You can get a settlement for seven hundred thousand dollars breaking your back. You're never gonna work again. You're fifty you're forty years old, all right? Forty years old, usually when the UFC gets rid of you. Um you have six hundred thousand dollars in your bank. Because you gotta think you you spent a lot of the money on training camps, uh dieting, nutrition, uh, you know, taking taking care of this one, that one and the other one, but still being frugal. And say for instance you have six hundred thousand dollars left that is gonna last you six years maybe living living like like you're in the suburbs in a, in a small two-bedroom house you know you it's, it's just awful because these guys don't have another route some people do get lucky some people can make it on a podcast like shop some people. Uh, can open up businesses like D.C. I, I know he has a couple of businesses. Uh, some people, Mike Tyson, open up a maru- uh, marijuana ranch. Uh, Paul Felder becoming a commentator. Not everyone has that option. You look at somebody like Francis Ngannou, wh- what are you going to do? You're going to go into movies? How well has that worked out for the fighters in the past? Ask Woodley how that worked out for him once the UFC was done with him. After the old Woodley Punch, like Lawler said. Go ask Robbie Lawler how much money he has in his bank. You would think that these guys, with the damage they take, the, the effort, the sacrifices that these guys put in, not just sacrificing time away from their family, but sacrificing their lives, their livelihood. We only have one ticket. We only have one body. We have one heart. Once it stops ticking, once you do enough damage to that brain, it's going to be a bad trip, man. Reality is altered. And where's where's Dana Wake going to be? Where's these guys that are, are part investors in the UFC? Who has a say then? And why are they telling Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champ, that he does not deserve that? I bet it's over email. I bet he wouldn't say that to his face because this is... This is ugly, man. And this is not the first time. This has been going on and on and on. And you start looking, where's all this money going that we're giving the UFC? Where's this $4 billion? Uh, Why is Dana White having snow uh, from New York delivered to California for his son to wake up on Christmas, covered the yard in fresh snow? Can Francis do that? Francis doesn't even want that. It's so dirty. It's so greedy. It's the mafia, guys. They don't care about their fighters. Not any of them. None of them. And if they do, why do they care about you? Because you're making them money. And when they're done with you, they'll whack you. Just like the mob. Change my mind. Change my mind about that. We've seen it with numerous champions. Now we have the White Knight. Not a former champ, but a freaking YouTuber. A freaking YouTuber, guys. Jake Paul, I'm team Jake Paul right now. Let me see if I can find the video of Jake Paul and what he, what he actually said to Dana White because he had such a good response to him. And now apparently he's part owner in a, a sister company. Let's see. Jake Paul responds to Dana White. And before we go further with this, I'm sure the UFC has something already set up with Jake Paul because there's money involved. Uh, look, look how much money the fighters over there made. Apparently, Jake Paul made over $4 million from his fights. Or $40 million, I believe it was. $40 million from the events that he put on. $40 million. And he paid his fighters well. Why why else would Woodley uh, take a dive like that? Let's see, here we go. Jake uh, Jake Paul responds to greedy bitch Dana White. Get this up for you guys jake you never responded to the challenge
1: (laughs) dana i accepted every part of your challenge i said i would fight masvidal in MMA. steroid tasks me whenever the fuck you want it is two weeks after my fight and i am a fat bitch i don't do steroids and i take it as a compliment because there's no other excuse to me knocking out all of your champions then this kid does steroids look at me look at that a fat bitch. If you steroid test me, then I want to steroid test every one of your fighters. Ooh, you won't want to do it though, will you? I use cocaine. I'm in St. Bart's, one of the nicest beaches in the world. You're ruining my vacation. We were on a yacht party last night, Meek Mill. Drake, everybody, Mike Tyson going crazy. You have been caught with cocaine and hookers every other week. I use cocaine. And you think that, like, with all the money that you have, like, billionaire or some shit, that you would get some fucking Botox. Because your forehead looks like a motherfucking GPS Google map. Like, all the lines in it and shit. (laughs) I use cocaine. And you say Nazgul is a pay-per-view superstar. Let's go to his last Instagram post. 5,000 likes or 10,000 likes or some shit. Do you realize that my mom, Pam, gets more likes than your pay-per-view superstars? Men lie. Women lie Dana White lies Numbers, Numbers don't, don't lie you want to talk shit about my manager, who was the CFO of your company that helped you sell it to Endeavor? Four billion dollars? Mm. The guy that's standing in the middle, apparently that's his manager. And that guy used to be an accountant for me. You're just a jealous, ugly fuck. You don't know what true happiness is. You're the definition of a fucking unhappy billionaire who thought that money was going to make their lives better. I feel bad for you. I use cocaine. Long story short, you addressed nothing that I said. I accepted your challenge. I said I would fight MMA. I said that I would retire from... And you avoided all of that shit. Hold on. Also, instant replay, there was a fucking UFO in the back of this video. Which is I crazy. Know, but like fucking Joe Rogan, aliens, we're all fucked. It shows that you are in a corner. You're a dog in a corner trying to fight to save his whole company and the embarrassment that I've put you through. Everybody sees it. And-
0: so there you go. Uh. And basically the way he wraps that up is saying how, uh, you're not even paying your fighters right. Why has nobody talked about this? I, I literally just pulled up on Twitter. If you're watching this live right now, um, and not, you know, on the podcast, jump over to the YouTube. Uh, I do the live shows on Twitter now. Um, Eagle FC doesn't generate any money and knowing Habib's involvement with Russian terrorists and mafia members, it's safe to say that promotion exists for money laundering, uh, tagging Ali Abdelaziz with, whoa, am I blocked by Ali Abdelaziz? That's crazy. Um, not proud of that or anything. But I, uh, that's a perfect example. It can't be any more perfect than that. How perfect is that? You have fighters in the UFC, signed Ali Abdelaziz, it, proud Americans at that, who know his involvement in the past with 9-11 and how disgusting all of that is. No one says anything. Why? Because of money. And because they'll get blackballed. You have people like Frankie Edgar signed with Ali Abdelaziz. And you can't even ask him why. I understand he does an amazing job for the fighters. He gets them great fights. Uh, but you look, I, I've talked to some fighters. Robert Turnquest, uh, for example, spoke about this. How... How much of a part and what a hand Ali Abdel Aziz has with PFL? You know, most of the roster are are his fighters. Think about how much money, how many millions he's making off each show while he's having these guys fight for a million dollar paycheck, breaking down in tears with their wives there who they haven't seen in months. And they're reuniting in a cage where she's seeing her husband bloody and bruised. This is... I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. This is straight human dogfighting. And I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it. But if you are not taking care of your fighters and treating them with respect, giving them the money that they're owed, or not owed, but deserve, when we are the ones paying them, it's not the UFC. We're the ones you know, paying for the fight. Oh, wait, hold on. You can't even go into a Reebok and get fight kits when that was going on. You had to order it online. And did that go to the fighter? They couldn't even get the fighter's names right when that came out. You can't have any sponsors on you. But yeah, I look at the Octagon and it's covered in Manscaped promotions. And excuse me, Dana, but um, wasn't it you who said how disgusting it was to see fighters have promoting condom depot on their shorts. You didn't like that because you weren't able to get money. Uh, you know, this, this is such an old story too. And I can't believe we're still talking about it. Brandon, Brandon Shaw was, was saying, I believe it was on Rogan like 10 years ago, eight years, seven years ago, how he was losing a hundred thousand dollars every fight because of the Reebok deal. Now the Reebok deal is gone. Uh, you do see some fighters, you know, marketing for, you know, on commercials, this and that little thing, little, little brand deals, but it's so, it's so sad to see the octagon covered. Even if you think about this guys, if you are fighting in the main event, you're sick to your stomach, you've been waiting and training, barely eating. You you just gained, you know, 10 more pounds overnight uh, from, from weight cutting and you're sitting there so anxious and you have to sit through Bruce Buffer talking about the new call of duty game as you're about to go in there and take some pretty serious damage that may affect you for the rest of your life and you're going to walk out of there with money that you're not happy with how can i tell my child one day to work hard and you can get what you want which is which is true if you believe in it and you work hard at anything You can achieve it. But what happens when there's a ceiling there? An unfair ceiling at that. A ceiling that doesn't exist in in other areas that are similar like other sports. Why is it now that MMA is still underpaying their fighters at this stage? We want answers. And if they're willing to let Francis Ngannou go, then we're going to be dealing with this for a, a much longer time, guys. A much longer time, which is very sad um i I just don't even understand how they could do that um let's let's move on with this card you had brandon marino versus Figueroa, which i love saying his name going into this fight everyone was so hype about brandon marino but i remember brandon when he was on the ultimate fighter nobody really cared about brandon you know the assassin baby he had so much going for him. And for somebody that was booted from the UFC a couple years ago, in like 2018, to come back to be world champion one day, he is definitely the face of somebody that can can show a child hard work pays off. You can do it and never give up. Even when they tell you, you know, you're not good enough, show them that they're wrong. Show them that they're wrong. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five-fight win streak up until this. A lot of people, you know... At the fight party I was at, the first round, I actually scored for Figueroa. And everyone was like, no, you have to beat the champion. Uh, The judges are going to score for Brandon. I was like, no, man. I thought that, uh, you know, Figgy did a lot more damage. Yeah, Brandon was pushing forward. And I haven't rewatched the fight. But, man, these guys were trading. And there was one point, I believe it was in the first round, where Brandon actually clipped him after uh, he got clipped. He he countered Figgy and stumbled him and pointed at him, which... I didn't see until the replay that that actually stumbled Figgy. First round I gave to to Figgy. Second to Brandon. Third to Brandon. Fourth and fifth to uh, Figgy. And it really came down to uh, oh man, it, w- it was so close. I wouldn't have been mad if they called that one a draw. But I was siding with Figgy over, over Brandon on that one. And it came down to that first round, how they were going to score that first round. And everyone was giving me shit about it, but you know, once you watch these fights and seeing how, uh, you know, the, the judging was going all night, man, it, it was pretty dead on. So I was I was pretty confident with Figgy and the way that they were going in there every time they would trade. One would get stumbled. The other guy would get stumbled back and forth. I could not believe my eyes. It was one of those moments that you you very rarely feel. And it really reminded me of the Lawler versus McDonald fight. Number two. Because these two were going at it. The way Brandon walked out, the look on his face. Now, I took a little acid that night. So his face looked even crazier to me, dude. He had such a mean mug on his face, it felt alive. It had McGregor uh, big dick energy, as people would say. He was feeling it, man. We were feeling it. That's what we live for. We get bullied all week. We step in dog shit. This upsets us. That upsets us. We have very little, very few things to look forward to. And at the end of the week, starting a new year especially, with a rivalry, the story was perfect, man. It wasn't, he's being underpaid, this one's being, it was a story of two young men fighting, good and a bad guy. And they played the roles perfectly. You couldn't have a, a better bad guy than Brandon. And uh I got to say this before the fight went down there was uh, some videos of Francis and Brandon hanging out with one another and Francis like I'm I'm your bodyguard tonight. And I, I would love to actually see a movie with uh Brandon Marino and Francis Ngannou somehow some crazy uh badass taekwon or uh MMA movie some ninja type shit. Let me know if you guys are down with that. Let me, uh, a comment down below, but guys, you can't say this was a robbery. You cannot tell me that this was a robbery. Are they going to run it back for the fourth time? You have to, right? You have to run it back for the fourth time because one, the money is there. And to do it in Mexico. I mean, that place was lit on fire basically with the energy. You could feel it. Those are special moments. You want to be a part of that. And a lot of people aren't into the, uh, the tweets that they show on screen, but I love it for one because I always say we are such a tight community on Twitter. We know the names that are popping up on the screen and we like to root for them. It's showing us respect for once, uh, making us feel like we're a part of something because believe it or not, guys, we really have been a huge part and a lot of the changes that have uh, come with tons of promotions. They look to us for answers a lot of the time. And I was just saying that earlier on in the show. They look to us for answers. But when it comes to money, you know, freaking pulling teeth. But uh again here, uh I don't think that this was uh <laughs> I don't think this was a robbery. I saw so many people saying it. It's ranked number two best MMA fight of two thousand twenty two. How about that? And there was a lot of close calls in that fight where both guys were getting stumbled. You have to run it back four times in Mexico. Uh, Let's go. Let's go with that. All right. Let's see what other fights were on here. There was one guy I was blown away by. Where is he on this card here? Sorry for listening to the podcast. I'm over here on Tapology. Shout out to Tapology. They've always done a great job. Where is it? Where's my boy? Right here, Jack Della Maddalena versus Pete Rodriguez. Man, I was rooting for Pete Rodriguez, but Jack showed up. Huge, dude. Huge. 11-2, and two, I guess now, fighting out of uh, England. Dude, that was one of the nastiest KOs I've ever seen in my entire freaking life. There's no way I'm not going to put money on that guy next time I watch him step into the, step into the octagon. Um, What other fights on here? I mean, they're all absolutely amazing. How about, or which was the fight where it was such a huge underdog? Was it wasn't Matt Frivola? Let's see. Sorry, I'm a little rusty right now, guys. Was it Michael Pereira? No. No, that was actually a great fight. He has such amazing energy when he came out. A lot of the people I was with never seen him fight before. And when they were showing his, uh, his previews, of his former fights. And the energy that this dude has. Flipping on the cage. Doing the showtime kick. Uh, Superman punches. He brings a lot of energy. This was a great. Every fight on this card. Were so evenly matched up. And. Man. Michael Pereira. Yeah. Going to the decision. But that was an amazing fight. Definitely want to see him back. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Going in there. Making things look so easy. Nothing on him. No sweat. Like Edson Barboza. You know. Nothing. Not a scratch on him. Poor Cody Stamen, man. To to take him out in 47 seconds. Like nothing. Says a lot. Says a a lot about uh, Saeed Mnagomedov. Definitely going to put money on him next time uh, he steps in there. Michael Morales. Was that the fight where he was such a crazy underdog? Let's take a look at that. KO counter right. 13-0. Let's see. Were there odds? I guess they're not showing me the odds on here. I wish I could find it for you guys. But going into one of these fights, man. I'm not doing a good job as a host here if I can't remember which one it was. But the odds were so crazy. It was like 700. Uh, And the dude freaking won. Taking the fight on short notice. It was the dude with the long hair. Come on, bro. Where are you at, kid? Oh, Victor Henry. Victor Henry. Victor freaking Henry, that was such an amazing fight. Having trouble in that first round, but man, coming around, getting unanimous decision, that was a great fight on his behalf and had me at the edge of my seat. So UFC 270, if we got to rate this out of 10, I'm giving this one a nine, man. It had everything that we wanted that we didn't get a week prior. I know we were all excited. We were kind of being funny on Twitter, and there was a lot of amazing moments that we had online. Because we were, we were just so thirsty to watch MMA. This felt like a UFC 205 event. This, this had that big dick energy. Uh, let me know what you guys rank this. And let me know what you guys think is next for Francis Ngannou. Are they going to do John Jones next? Or do you guys even want to see that? What's next for Francis Ngannou? Is he going to go box Fury? Um, apparently there's a lot of rumors going on. So let me know what you guys think about that. Let me know what you guys think about the the pay-per-view price hike as well. And if you're going to be paying for that. And also, I got to mention, Conor McGregor finally out of the UFC rankings. I know there's going to be a lot of you that are pretty pumped about that. Because it's another discussion um, when it comes to rankings. And who's behind the ranking systems. And I remember Eric Cowell from MyMMANews.com own over there if you're not following my MMA news.com definitely give them a follow I used to uh, I used to report for them I, I still have my my MMA news mic stand the number one news source I only news source I go to is my MMA news.com they have great journalists there um, if I ever wanted to go back there it would probably be a long road because I ended up splitting off doing PureEvilMMA.com, which, as you guys know, did not go so well. I wasn't able to really focus on the podcast, which is what you guys wanted. And was uh, it just got too hectic and really threw me for a loop. But I'm back now, guys. I'm going to be doing the show every Monday, 8 p.m. And I think I said Friday, Monday. Like, I'm already screwing up. Monday's at 8 p.m. and Friday's at 8 p.m. But I think... Thursdays would be better. So let me know if you guys want Thursdays at 8 p.m. instead of Friday. Because that also gives me more time to give you guys content leading up to the fight. Because obviously, if it's Thursday or Friday, we're going to be discussing the fights. We're not going to be doing recaps like we would on a Monday. Um, a couple of really interesting upcoming fights that we got here. Let me change scenes for you. Whoa. Let me get a better scene for you. I'm so sorry. Uh, All right, here we go. Matt Brown versus Bam Bam Barbarina. UFC Columbus, March 26. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuavasa at UFC 271. That's going down February 12th. That was tweeted out by uh, MMA Junkie. And also Big Marcel, who I've had on the podcast before. Go give Big Marcel a follow. He tweets out every fight, it seems like, that gets signed. I don't know how he does it. I asked him about it. He really didn't tell me much. He just says it just happens. So give Big Marcel a follow. Cowboy versus Patty Pimlet also being rumored. I do not want to see. Apparently UFC is coming back to the O2 Arena. I know they said they were coming back to England, or London. Tweeted out a couple of days ago. You got to get Patty on that card, obviously. You know, we only seen him fight once, but we've been following this kid for years. We wanted to see him in the UFC Many years ago, I still remember him doing an interview with Ariel Hawani maybe three years ago. You know, he, he was just killing it over there, fighting for cage warriors. And, you know, he, he thought we thought he was going on to Ariel Hawane's show to say, Hey guys, I'm, I signed with the UFC. Nope. In face, typical Patty Pimlet, saying, uh, maybe a couple more years I'll be in the UFC. Because clearly he wasn't offered enough money. Now he's in the UFC, goes in there, puts on one hell of a performance. I don't know if it's the best UFC debut. How how could people be saying that? I feel like a lot of people have been throwing that around a lot lately. Best UFC debut ever is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Johnson. Changed my mind because my neighbors are still pissed about that night. I was screaming my freaking head off. It it was literally a back and forth fight even more intense than the co-main event at UFC 270. And the buildup for that fight was insane. For Michael Johnson to be like, you're coming from the B-Leagues, buddy. And, and saying, oh, you have uh, incest family, this and that. Dude, Justin Gaethje's Michael Johnson, bro. If you've never seen that fight, go check that out. That is my pick for UFC uh, debut of all time. Changed my mind. So, Cowboy versus Patty Pimlet. Don't want to see it. Is it interesting? Not really. It almost feels like another call out to Cowboy to make a name for Patty. But Patty, you don't need that man. Pick your fights wisely because if you're going in there and you're taking this fight against Cowboy, you still don't know which cowboy is gonna show up. Is he gonna you know be the intimidated cowboy who who gets shook in a main event, or is he gonna be the badass cowboy, which you know it goes on and off? I have a feeling we're gonna see a badass cowboy if he gets matched up against Patty and it wouldn't take too many brownie points away from Patty for that loss because, again, it is Cowboy Cerrone, an older Cowboy Cerrone, but um, that would be a big win for, for Cowboy, if you ask me. Not so much a big win for, for Patty because even if he wins, people could still say, well, you you beat an old, washed-up Cowboy, which is absolutely disgusting to say. Cowboy is a freaking legend and will kick anybody's ass anytime, any day, which, which he has proved to us he gets his um so i don't know man it's it's absolutely been a crazy time going into 2023 what the hell is going to happen in our future with jake paul the money thing he's not going to let that go and i hope he doesn't i am definitely team jake paul let's move on to our evil eye of the week So evil eye of the week. Let me lower the music a little bit. Don't want the music too loud. All right. So evil eye of the week goes to somebody, which I see all the time. Uh, I see this happen an awful lot, too much actually, where somebody brags about being blocked by a fighter. That is not something to be proud of, dude. These guys go in there and they put everything they got on the line for us, for our entertainment. And you were going to go out there, uh, a nobody, and harass people? I remember uh, Rashad Evans talking about this, how he made fake accounts to get back at other Twitter accounts. Nobody's, eggheads, a bunch of freaking eggheads. And he was freaking falling into it. Can't have that happen. I don't know if I really want to show this guy's name, but I'm gonna. Uh, This is why he's the evil eye of the week. He got blocked by Bilal Muhammad. Bro, how do you get blocked by the nicest guy in the MMA scene? Bilal, what did you say to him? So, David Rubin MMA, January 12th, at David Rubin MMA. Ha, ha, ha. What a beta loser kid. What a beta loser kid couldn't handle the smoke. Hashtag MMA Twitter. First off... David Rubin. Get that MMA Twitter hashtag out of here. Because we're not standing by it. There's one like and one retweet. One retweet. And I put it on my bookmarks. This is nothing to be proud of, bro. We are a community trying to build these fighters up. Trying to make them worth more. Because the more that we do to pump them up, the better it is for us. The better it is for them. It's a big circle. Why are you on the dark side trying to harass fighters for your own enjoyment and then you're going to take a screenshot and tweet it out now maybe this is a rookie mistake i know you know i've made a lot of pretty stupid mistakes i've been blocked by uh you know even even rampage i'm I'm blocked by maybe ali abdelaziz as we learned on today's show but this is nothing to be proud of at all for them to go out there put everything on the line on national TV, you're going to say, well, they got to expect the heat. Bro, you are sitting at home on Twitter trying to get any type of reaction out of somebody that wakes up every day motivated, has self-discipline, puts themselves out there to get beat up on live television for our entertainment, and you're going to harass him? Bro, this is a fighter. He has no time to fight over fucking the keyboard. What are you doing? Why do you think you beat Malal Muhammad? you are one and oh now or something. What are you doing? Get hashtag MMA Twitter out of here. Get Dave and Ruben out of here because this is not the type of people we want. I understand there's, there's trolls out there. There's good trolls. There's bad trolls. We got to live with them. But when you're harassing fighters, it makes you think what's going on in your life. That, yeah, you can you look at me and be like, well, bro, you're, you're saying this and that about this play and how this one didn't do that good and this and that. These are my opinions. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. This is my opinion. There are people out there throwing stones in glass houses on Twitter, and you think we're going to applaud you? This is below maham. This isn't... Uh, who who can I even say here? This isn't Kobe Covington. I can see how if it was a hated fighter or maybe even, you know, Conor McGregor. You're like, oh my God, Conor McGregor blocked me, which means he noticed me. You're happy you got noticed, aren't you? And now you want to make a tweet to get even more noticed. Look at this guy who's on TV that fights in front of us. Look, he blocked me. He blocked me. Not cool, bro. Um... I know this is uh, evil eye of the week, but how about a, a congratulations to Bram Marino. Even though he lost, they are going to run it back because we just discussed. 2018, cut from the UFC. 2021, the first ever Mexican-born UFC champion. Mexico, you have a champion. Um, and before we go here, guys, shout out to Mark Hunt. In response to the discussion we had at the beginning of today's show about Francis Ngannou and the UFC being the mafia, Mark Hunt, Who's another white knight like Jake Paul, believe it or not? Uh, Francis at the back of the bus. Okay. And now they will put Francis at the back of the bus and turn on him like they do every other fighter that speaks up. I hope he doesn't sign again until they pay him his dues. He was getting ripped off royally like every other fighter in that company. A world heavyweight champion getting five, 600K. Which which means for five fights you're getting six hundred thousand dollars. To a lot of you it may not seem like much. Uh, to a lot of you it may seem like a lot, but it's not. You know, nurses are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, the, these fighters, the the shape they have to be in, the the money they have to put out for the training camps, uh, it's a it's a lot. You're you're talking about maybe he's going home with two hundred thousand um, dollars. USD by uh, last flight with this company, five and six years ago, I got 950k USD and I never had that belt five years ago. So that's Mark Hunt saying he was getting almost a million dollars five years ago and didn't even have the belt. Can you believe that? Five years ago, he was getting $950,000 and never had the belt. I never had the belt five years ago. And the reason I was getting that was because I always spoke up and told them they need to pay. They are not your friends, and you don't need brown nosing management to rip you off. Get what you're worth, Francis Nganu. Don't live on your knees. You're a fighter in and out of the octagon. When you're the heavyweight champion of the world, no one should not be in your vocab. No should not be in your vocab anymore. I guess it must be just the UFC heavyweight's title, worthless and unworthy of your time and blood. Isn't that disgusting? That's absolutely freaking disgusting, man. So then also uh, yesterday, Jake Paul has announced an investment in Endeavor, UFC's parent company. Engaged in a long-running feud with Dana White over fighters' well-being. Paul says his investment is focused on raising fighter pay and providing long-term health care. You have the number one person on the planet who gets the most attention. You know, he really put it to Dana White, man, saying, oh, Horia Masvidal is your pay-per-view star. And I know Hori Masvidal is really excited about that, saying, oh, you're, you're showing me the respect finally. But Jake put it in such a crazy way. He was like, your pay-per-view star is getting less likes and retweets than my mother. Even even his brother Logan's dog gets more retweets and likes than our freaking pay-per-view stars. It's disgusting. And I know there's, let's look at the, uh, let's look at the comments that you guys are saying because you can invest $35 or something crazy probably and say you're a part of the company and you have a say, but you probably don't. Just him being Jake Paul and the platform that he has and you know who he is and the path that he's on you know, he's, he, he had our former champion pretend he got knocked out on pay-per-view and made millions of dollars for it to play, to play fight. And yet, in the UFC, the real thing, they're not making that money. Another good thing about, you know, Jake and all of this is he's bringing new, young, fresh eyes to the UFC along with this which means the UFC is making more money, of course, because kids are a cash grab for having their parents buy them this, that, and the other thing. Go ask Logan Paul. So I- I'm really not against Jake Paul at all. So let's see. Uh, they also tweeted, When Endeavor bought into the UFC in 2016, the $4 billion price tag was an investment in the potential That the MMA, the MMA, would become mainstream. Now it's paying dividends and only looks to grow. And you can't pay your heavyweight champion what he wants. You can't pay him that. You're paying him half a million dollars. What are you doing? And now you're going to let him walk? What is going on? This is the Mafia. They're whacking our heavyweight champs. And they show no love. Once you're gone, they show no love. They'll walk by you like they never knew you. Like, like a dirty ex-girlfriend from 8th grade or something. It's just It's disgusting, man. And It needs to change. If there is a time to change, we thought it would be now, right? With the ESPN. And I said at the beginning of the show, with, with Fox. I thought it would change back then. Now, it's the ESPN era. Now we got Jake Paul. Uh, now we got, you know, boxing. Boxing has been growing too. Everyone's feuding. But why are we paying $80 for a pay-per-view if the heavyweight champ isn't even motivated because he can't get paid what he wants? And to be in that position, he has to pay out of pocket for the camps and the dieting. And sometimes he even fly his team members out there to train before the fight all while making sacrifices away from the family. And like I said at the beginning of the show, such humble beginnings for Francis Dingani with his mother living in a hut. His mother living in a hut. And he goes out in the real world, works hard. And he's reached the ceiling of just a bunch of freaking mafioso bastards. And I'm not saying the mafia is bad or anything, but this is what it is. This is the dark side of dirty deeds done dirt cheap right as acdc would say and if dana white has no say in fighters pay or has no say like people like to throw out there or you like to throw out there are you kidding then why is he the face of the promotion why is he why is he the one answering the questions can we talk to the person we need to and and can they tell francis face to face why he's not worth that I bet we'd get better fights, but that's the thing. That's why they do it. You know, we, we've we've discussed this in the past. They, they try to keep them hungry. You know, you give them enough money, like Conor McGregor, you might not see him again unless you pay him a shit ton of money. But at what point are you worth that amount of money? You know, if you're a heavyweight defending the title, you know, twice, three times, and you're not making a million dollars, bro, and you look over to Floyd Mayweather boxing, and you look to a YouTuber, making millions but yet the UFC is the leading face in mixed martial arts and they're gonna treat our fighters like that let's not get it wrong these are our fighters we are paying the money we are showing up in droves to see these guys fight we are showing up to the events on our TVs we are getting people together we are discussing on Twitter We are a part of the promotion. We are a huge part of the promotion. And if these guys are going in there and risking what they risk to make our lives better for us to look forward to something to make us feel like six year olds on Christmas morning every other week. And yet we're watching Scrooge McDuck's shoved his pockets full of coins. Why? Why does he need it? What, does he have a training coach? Is he... Makes no sense. It's dirty. It's disgusting. Guys, that does it for pure evil on the May. We have a lot more to talk about on Thursday or Friday. Let me know if you guys want me to do it Thursday at 8 p.m. Or Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, because we are now doing two shows a week at 8 p.m. I know this is the return show. I know it's a little early right now. But... Um, I put it off last week, and I had to get a bunch of shit ready. I hope you guys like the new setup. I hope you guys like the new frames that I got going on. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you're not following on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, get on there. This is going to be uploaded right after. Also, it's going to be available on YouTube. And we might just go live on YouTube from now on. But I really enjoy Twitter live aspect. So um, let me know what you guys think about all that. I'm Evil Eddie. Follow me on Twitter at Evil Under Echo. That's E V I L underscore ECCL and at Pure Evil MMA underscore. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. White Knuckles till the end. Behave yourselves. <laughs>